0: Hey, good morning. Um, Let's open our Bibles to two passages, Genesis 25, and then we're going to start with Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 20. So Hebrews chapter 11, verse 20, we're going to start there. Um, Before we get to that, though, Uh, a little bit of review last time we talked about the Word of the Lord. And, and you know, I just love it when God speaks. There's nothing in this life, I think, and I've known this really my whole Christian life, is that when, when you know God is speaking to you and God has impressed His Word upon your heart, there's nothing like that in all of life, I think. So... We looked at Genesis 15, and it says that the word of the Lord, it, it's, he spoke this to Abram, also known as Abraham, and, and he told them these three things. Don't be afraid, do not fear. He said, I am your shield, and I am your very great reward. What a, what a blessing. But you know, those words, God uses those words now, not only to speak to Abram, but to speak to us as well. And, he, and those, those words are for us as well. You see, the Scripture is powerful. Like I said, it's living, it's active, and it's effective for you and me today. It's not just some book that you know, was for, you know, for way back when and, and has no bearing on today. No, it is for today, the Scriptures are. So today, getting to today, we, we, we've looked at Abraham and, and spent uh, you know, quite a few weeks on Abraham. and So we're going to look at this son, right? Their son, anybody remember that Abraham and Sarah's son, what was his name? Isaac, Isaac right. But it's interesting, and in, in when you read about this, you know, the interactions in the family. and I, I've called this message today, uh, drama, dysfunction, deception, yet God. Because that's what we see in all of that now. Some of you go, oh, you know, he's talking about my family now. No, I'm talking about my family. The truth is, it's like all of our family, right? We're pretty dysfunctional. We're pretty messed up. If you've got the perfect family, I, I get in trouble when I ask these questions, you know. If you've got the perfect family, raise your hand. Remember I asked that, if you got perfect faith, raise your hand. And Okay, never mind. If you've got the perfect family, no drama, no dysfunction, no deception ever happening, yeah. But in the middle of all of that stuff, God still is sovereign and God still has his way in the middle of all of that. That that just blows my mind. And in the end, it turns out just like God wanted it to, despite what people did but these people, these these family members did. Look at verse uh, 20 in in, uh, Hebrews chapter 11. It says, By faith Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau in regard to their future. That's a very short verse, very simple, right? But there's more to the picture than just what you read there, isn't there? And that's why we're going to go back and read it. But it's, it's kind of a summary statement, really, it is. We think about this, this son Isaac, and, and his name was Laughter. There's something kind of, you know, funny about this. That his name meant Laughter, and, and he, but he was more than that, right? He was the child of the promise. You know, they couldn't have kids, and, and God said, I'm going to give you a son by you and by her. And, his, and and this is the son that, that Abraham then later, years later, offered up, was willing to offer him up as a sacrifice. And God said, I have a substitute. And he gave a, a ram. And just like God gave his son Jesus to be the substitute for us. But a father would bless their children. You see this in the Old Testament where the father would bless his children and usually it was when it was they were getting close to dying and they would call the kids in and and put a blessing on them and kind of pass on, you know, for their future. And that's what it's referring to here. He says he blessed them Jacob and Esau in regard to their future. Notice I want you to pay attention to the order of that when we you'll you'll see why. So Let's turn back now to Genesis chapter 25, and as Paul Harvey used to say, so that we can get the rest of the story. Because there, there was a lot more than that, wasn't there? Sometimes, too, and, and we find this in the New Testament, uh, sometimes, uh, you know, it's, it's like the, the past has been cleansed. Because that's what has happened for those of us in Christ, that you, know, our future uh, is not, you know, dependent on our past. Our past have been forgiven, we've been washed. We are a brand new creation, it says, in Second Corinthians. So now we're here in chapter 25. In uh, chapter twenty two, we saw Abraham offering up his son Isaac, right? And then after that, Uh, A few things have happened, Uh, you know, his mother died, Sarah died, and then we see in chapter 23 that the Lord provided a wife for Isaac, right? Her name was Rebecca, right? And they have two kids, they have twins, and this is kind of miraculous too, as we'll see. Uh, After the the twins are born, uh, his dad dies, but Isaac is also blessed by the Lord, and he receives these promises from God that that the line is going to be through you. And And, and so we see from Abraham, and you see this over and over in the Bible, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So the, the promise is coming through the line of Abraham, and then Isaac, and then Jacob. Now, Isaac doesn't stand out quite as much as Abraham does, or Jacob does, right? He's There's not so much, but it's an interesting thing what we read about. So let's let's pick it up in verse 19. We're not going to read every verse, but we have a lot of verses to go through, so we're going to go quickly. The first thing we see here in in, uh, chapter 25, verse 19, this is the account of Abraham's son, Isaac. Abraham became the father of Isaac, and Isaac was 40 years old when he married Rebekah, daughter of Bethuel, the Aramaean, from Padanaram and sister of Laban the Aramean. Verse 21 Isaac prayed to the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was barren. She could have no kids. And the Lord answered his prayer, and his wife Rebekah became pregnant. The first thing we see this is good, right? They have a problem. What do they do? What does Isaac do? He prays. He goes and asks the Lord. He talks to the Lord about it. He prays the Lord on behalf of his wife. He's interceding, right, on behalf of his wife. That's a good example, right, for us guys? To intercede, to pray on behalf of your wife. That's good. That's great. This is what Isaac did. This is a good thing. So this is is Isaac now. We see that's a good thing. The Lord, it says, answers his prayer. The Lord answered his prayer. And his wife, Rebecca, became pregnant. The Lord answered his prayer. God answers prayer. God hears our prayers. Verse 22, though, it says, the babies jostled each other within her. And she said, I love this. Why is this happening to me? Well, go back to Genesis chapter 3. This is why this is happening to you. So she went to inquire of the Lord. Why is it? What's going on? There's like a, it's like a troubled pregnancy. It's not an easy pregnancy. It's like stuff is going on. They're jostling. She's having twins. They didn't have, you know, the equipment we have today to tell her, well, this is what's going on. Just go get an ultrasound. And no, they don't have the ultrasounds back then. So she's like, what is going on? Why is this happening to me? I wonder if any of you have ever said that to God or to someone else. Why is this happening to me? Um, Well, let's see. You you weren't able to have kids, then your husband prayed for you. Blame your husband. (laughs) It's your fault. Why is this happening we say that? And then we want to blame somebody, right? But what does she do? This is beautiful as well. It says, so she went to inquire of the Lord. She went to to ask God about it. That's good. So this is Isaac and Rebekah now. He prays, and then she speaks to the Lord. She prays. And this is what God says, verse 23. This is very important to catch what 23 says. The Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb, and two peoples from, from within you will be separated. One people will be stronger than the other, and the older will serve the younger. Now, that's not the way it was supposed to be, but that's the way God said it was going to be. That's what God's plan was. Very important you catch that. Verse 24, when the time came for her to give birth, there were twin boys in her womb. The first to come out was red. And his whole body was like a hairy garment, so they named him Esau, which means red. And after this, his brother came out with his hand grasping Esau's heel. So he was named Jacob. And Isaac was 60 years old when Rebekah gave birth to them. So how old was he when they got married? 40. 40, and now he's 60, so 20 years it takes for this to... For this to take place, it doesn't tell us when they prayed, when Isaac prayed for his wife, but, you know, you reckon it probably would have been fairly soon after they got married. So at any rate, it was a long time until God answered that prayer, but God answered that prayer. It's just not when perhaps they wanted it. Jacob, he was called Jacob, which meant heel catcher which was kind of a euphemism for deception or grabbing onto something. He wanted wanted to be first, maybe. Verse 27, the boys grew up as they do. And Esau became a skillful hunter and a man of the open country, while Jacob was a quiet man staying among the tents. Isaac, who had a taste for wild game, loved Esau. But Rebecca loved Jacob. What do we call this? Favoritism. 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 Now that, that's a bit of a problem. Yeah. We have to be careful that when we have favorites, we see it's going to play into the story here in, in just a couple of minutes. We're going to see how and why that, that makes a difference here. But notice, they're very different. Very different personalities. If, you, if you've had kids, you know this. You have more than one kid. You raise them up, you know, just pretty much the same way, but they're completely different from one another. Is that true? And you, you know, you try to have an effect on that, and you, you will affect them in a lot of different ways, but they are who they are. Esau is very different from Jacob. Now, keep in mind, Esau is the firstborn. Jacob is the secondborn. Verse 29 once, a little aside here, when Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau came in from the open country uh, famished. And he said to Jacob, quick, quick, let me have some of that red stew. I'm famished. That is why he was also called Edom, or Esau it means red. But Jacob replied, First sell me your birthright. Oh, Esau said, look, I'm about to die. What good is the birthright to me? So because of his appetite, he was willing to throw away his birthright, give it away. Just just because his his body was hungry. Sometimes the flesh can get in the way, right? The, The spirit is willing, the flesh is weak. But Jacob said, swear to me first. So he swore an oath to him, selling his birthright to Jacob, then Jacob gave Esau some, some bread and some lentil stew. Here, have both. He ate and drank, and then he got up and left. So Esau despised his birthright. He despised his birthright. Hebrews later in chapter 12 says that he, that he wanted to get it back, but he, he couldn't. Even though he was weeping and crying. We're going to see that in a minute. So now let's jump ahead to chapter 27. Chapter 26 is about Isaac and, and, and some things that were going on with him and his... His men and people, and, and, the, and someone else. So, verse 27, uh, chapter 27, verse 1 When Isaac was old and his eyes were so weak that he could no longer see, he called for Esau, his older son, and he said to him, My son, here I am, he answered. And Isaac said, I am now an old man, and I don't know the day of my death. Now then, get your weapons your quiver and bow, go out to the open country to hunt some wild game for me. Prepare me the kind of tasty food I like and bring it to me to eat so that I may give you my blessing before I die. Isaac calls who? His older son. His favorite son. To pass on the blessing. Despite... And David Guzik pointed this out, very insightful, despite the fact that he knew that Jacob was to be the one. The older would serve the younger. This happened, you know, we read that, chapter 25. That happened before these boys were ever even born. And now, now Isaac, despite what God has said, this is what he wants to do. I'm going to give my blessing to the firstborn, who is Esau. David Guzik said he was swayed by natural affection. The favoritism comes into play, and general custom, meaning the custom of the day, was to bless the oldest. The firstborn would receive the blessing. The first one would receive a double portion of honor, of, of material goods, advantage, inheritance, and all the rest of it. It's kind of interesting here, Isaac, he's all about the food too, isn't he? Prepare me the kind of tasty food I like, and I'm going to give you my blessing. And he sends him out to get it. Verse 5, now we see it starts to get a little bit again, the drama, the dysfunction, the deception. Verse 5, now Rebekah was listening as Isaac spoke to his son Esau. And when Esau left for the open country to hunt game and bring it back, Rebekah said to her son Jacob, Look, I overheard your father say to your brother Esau, Bring me some game, prepare me some tasty food, so that I may give you my blessing in the presence of the Lord before I die. Now, my son, listen carefully and do what I tell you. First time she says, Do what I tell you, son. Verse 9, Go out to the flock, bring me two choice young goats so I can prepare some tasty food for your father just the way he likes it, and then take it to your father to eat so that he may give you his blessing before he dies. She's got a plan, right? She overheard. Maybe she kind of, I don't know, eavesdropping, whatever. Maybe uh, they, she was just in the room, but she heard it, and she had a plan. But didn't she also know what God's plan was? This is the the thing about it. We, We see what's going on. It's not just Rebecca. It's not just Isaac. But both of them are kind of like, Isaac says, I'm going to give the blessing to Esau. Rebecca says, you're not going to give the blessing to Esau because God said it's going to go to Jacob. So what am I going to do? I am going to step in here using deception and I'm going to help God to fulfill his plan. Brilliant. Does God need our help? We sometimes think he does. Well, this is what God, you know, I know God wants to do this, so I'm going to jump in there and I'm going to stir up the pot a little bit, no pun intended, and, and see if, you know, get this to work out the way that God wants it to work out. I think the bigger question is, do you think that God could have done it without her help? Of course. of course he could have done it. He's God after all. Sometimes we just need to pray. And what happened to the Isaac and Rebecca from before, right? Isaac prayed for his wife. Rebecca, she had this issue, you know, what is happening to me? And she went to inquire of the Lord. Why did It doesn't say she did that here. She said, oh, no, I'm going to take care of this one. Be careful when we want to get there and take care of things, to to use deception, to to kind of manipulate the situation so that we can get what we think is the right thing. To get that blessing for for her son Isaac in this way. Verse 11, what does does Jacob say? He says to Rebekah, his mother, but my brother Esau is a hairy man (laughs) and I'm a man with smooth skin. What if my father touches me? I would appear to be tricking him and would bring down a curse on myself rather than a blessing. I would appear to be tricking him. Well, you are tricking him. (laughs) Of course. But Mom, he says, and his mom says, verse 13, his mother said, My son, let the curse fall on me. Just do what I say. The second time, just do what I say. Go and get them for me. So he went and he got them and he brought them to his mother. She prepared some tasty food just the way his father liked it. Kind of wonder about this because Esau was out hunting game, wild game, and now she's taking like goats from the flock, right? But she had a way to spice that up and to tenderize it, to make it, or make it tough like the game. I don't know, to make it so it was tasting good. And then Rebecca took the best clothes of Esau, her older son, which she had in the house, put them on her younger son Jacob. She also covered his hands and the smooth part of his neck with the goat skins. Then she handed to her son Jacob the tasty food and the bread she had made. She got it all together. He went to his father and he said, my father. Yes, my son, he answered. Who is it? He couldn't see, right? He was blind. And Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. Really? Who is it? I am Esau, your firstborn. It's a flat out lie, right? And his mother told him, go in and lie to your father. Is that dysfunctional? Mm -hmm. But I thought that only happened in my family. (laughs) I have done as you told me. Another lie. Please sit up and eat some of my game. Another lie. So that you may give me your blessing. Give me your blessing. And Isaac asks his son, how did you find it so quickly, my son? He just, you, you just left. But this, this is the clincher. He says, the Lord your God gave me success. Now he's like, he's like saying God did this. It's all lies. It's all deception. And then he puts the Lord's name on it. That's what we call like spiritualizing our behavior, rationalizing it. Well, God, this is what God would have done anyway, so I'm just kind of making that happen. The Lord your God gave me success. No, He didn't give you success. The Lord your God had nothing to do with all that. Don't blame Him. But where does that look back to? Genesis chapter 3, right? Well, the woman you gave me. Well, the serpent. Well, the husband. Well, God, it's you. Verse 21, Then Isaac said to Jacob, Come near so I can touch you, my son, to know whether you really are my son Esau or not. And Jacob went close to his father Isaac, who touched him, and said, The voice is the voice of Jacob, but the hands are the hands of Esau. He did not recognize him, for his hands were hairy like those of his brother Esau. So he blessed him. But then he asked him, are you really my son Esau? He asked. I am. He tried to change his voice after, you know, his dad said, your voice sounds like Jacob. Then he said, my son, bring me some of your game to eat so that I may give you my blessing. And Jacob brought it to him and he ate and he, and he brought some wine and he drank. And then his father Isaac said to him, come here, my son, and kiss me. So he went to him and kissed him. And when Isaac caught the smell of his clothes, he blessed him. Jacob went and he kissed his father. In the middle of all that deception, he he kind of seals it with a kiss. You know that phrase. Makes you think about someone else who came up and kissed Jesus, right? This is the blessing. Ah, the smell of my son is like the smell of a field that the Lord has blessed. May God give you of heaven's dew and of earth's richness an abundance of grain and new wine. May nations serve you and peoples bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers and may the sons of your mother bow down to you. May those who curse you be cursed and those who bless you be blessed. Very clear, this this again, hearkens right back to what God had told her. This is exactly what, but, but Esau, excuse me, Isaac now thinks he's giving that blessing to who? Esau. To, to Esau. He thinks he's giving it to Esau, but it's not really Esau, is it? Verse 30, after Isaac finished blessing him and Jacob had scarcely left his father's presence, his brother Esau came in from hunting. Now you thought the Old Testament was boring. <laughs> like what? That's why I said you've got to read the book of Genesis it's from cover to cover. There's stuff here that applies to you and to me. So the brother Esau comes in now. He went, from, you know, he went out hunting with his bow and all that. And it says that he too prepared some tasty food and he brought it to his father. Then he said to him, my father, sit up and eat some of my game so that you may give me your blessing. And his father Isaac asked him, who are you? Who are you? How did he say that? Who are you? And he answered, I am your son, your firstborn, Esau. The firstborn that should typically, custom by custom, get the firstborn blessing. It's me. Verse 33, look at this. Isaac trembled violently and he said, Who was it then that that hunted game and brought it to me? I ate it just before you came, and I blessed him, and indeed, he will be blessed. It's not coming back. It says he trembled violently. Do you just wonder that at that moment in time, he realized? He realized that God had overruled, that God had turned the tables what he thought he was going to do? That God had gotten what he wanted, no matter what he thought he could do. We call that the sovereignty of God, people. That's when God overrules. That's when God gets his way. God will always fulfill his purposes, always. No matter what you and I do. Now, that doesn't mean we just go do anything and everything we want to do. But, but, but God is God. Interestingly, we're not going to read it today, but later in chapter 28, with full knowledge now, knowing who he was blessing, he gave another blessing to Jacob. But verse 34, what does Esau get? What does poor Esau get? Now Esau, you know, he, it, it, it made sense to him, he was the firstborn, he should get it, but but, you know, the, the parents have got this all this weird stuff going on, this dysfunction, this drama and everything, deception. When Esau heard his father's words, he burst out with a loud and bitter cry. He said to his father, bless me, bless me, me too, my father. But he said, your brother came deceitfully and took your blessing. Esau said, isn't he rightly named Jacob, the heel catcher, the decept, deceptive one? He has deceived me these two times. He took my birthright and now he's taken my blessing. Well, the first time really wasn't deception, was it? That was Esau despising his birthright. But then he asked, haven't you reserved any blessing? Don't you have anything left for me? And Isaac answered, I have made him Lord over you. And have made all his relatives his servants, and I have sustained him with grain and new wine. So what can I possibly do for you, my son? I've given all the best. And Esau said to his father, Do you only have one blessing, my father? Bless me too, my father. And he wept aloud. This was, uh, talk about emotion here. And this is the blessing. His father answered him, This is the blessing, get this. Your dwelling will be away from the earth's richness, away from the dew of heaven above. You will live by the sword and you will serve your brother, but when you grow restless, you will throw his yoke from off your neck. That doesn't sound like much of a blessing to me, does it? To you? But that's what he got. Verse 41. Esau held a grudge against Jacob because of the blessing his father had given him. And he said to himself, the days of mourning for my father are near. Then I will kill my brother Jacob as soon as he dies. Well, it ends up that he doesn't die for a long, long time. But when Rebekah was told that her older, what her older son Esau had said... She started all this when she heard what Esau, what Isaac said. Now she started a new plan. Well, I've got to add. And that's that's the way, you know, deception and lies and things. You've got to add to it and add to it and and add more and add more. When she was told what Esau had said, she sent for her younger son, Jacob, Jacob, and said, your brother Esau is consoling himself with the thought of killing you. Now then, my son, do what I say. She keeps saying that to him. Do what I say. Flee at once to my brother Laban and Haran, and stay with him for a while until your brother's fury subsides. And when your brother is no longer angry with you and forgets what you did to him, will he ever forget? I'll send word for you to come back from there. And why should I lose both of you in one day? And then Rebecca goes to Isaac and said, "You know, it's really a good idea if we send Jacob back so that he gets a wife from you know the the family back there, and not from these you know heathen people out here." She's always kind of working it. All this drama, all this dysfunction, you know, this deception. Yet God would prevail. Is that, an, is that an excuse for lying and deception? Though, no. You you, you read the rest of the Bible and the, the you know about lies and deception. There's no, nothing. The good comes out of it. God will have His way. Yes, but the the fruit that comes out, we will always reap what we sow. And the cost would be very very great for this woman. What would that cost be? Her death isn't recorded in the scripture, but it looks like Jacob never sees his mother again. That's sad. That's sad. And deception, you know. Uh, and they, you know, they didn't have phone calls. They couldn't keep in touch, you know. Maybe they could send, you know, word back, you know, but it's a, a long ways away. And, and this is like 20 years now. Do what I say, I'm going to... You go there for a little while, just a little while, your brother forget. But the fact of the matter is it would be 20 years before he would return. And she is no longer there. His dad is still alive. So what's the message here? Well, there's like five or ten messages, right? What is the main point, though? I think there are a few main points. Number one is that God is sovereign and God will fulfill his plan and his purposes. You see it on the world stage, right? You've got these, these wicked uh, people ruling in nations and doing all these terrible, horrible things. But in the end, God is going to work out his plan in all of it. And the end time plans will be fulfilled because that's what God will do. But you see you know, men and women doing these evil, evil things but in the end, God's purposes will prevail. We see it in our own families, in our own lives. You know, people do terrible, horrible things. But God will prevail. And God is our shield. And God is our very great reward. So we shouldn't fear that. But I think the, the sub-point, if there is a sub-point, is that, you know what? Don't try to help God and definitely do not use deception. To lie and to manipulate the truth? Well, I just kind of changed the truth a little bit. That it, it comes back on us. It came back on them, right? The truth came out. The truth will always come out. The scripture says, you know, our sin will find us out. It's, it's gonna come out. You know, I heard about recently somebody, you know, who had a position of leadership in a in a church and He was doing some bad stuff, hiding it for a long time, but it came out. And now he's no longer in leadership. The truth will come out. It always does. Final thought. This is from Matthew Henry, who lived in the late 1600s, early 1700s. He says this, Rebecca, he didn't say that. He said this. Rebecca and Jacob are not to be justified in the indirect means that they use to obtain this blessing. No justification for that. But God will be justified in overruling even the sins of men to serve the purposes of His glory. That's incredible. That's incredible. The purposes of His glory, that's what's going to stand in the end. In the end... God. Despite all the drama, all the dysfunction, all the deception, God. God. Let's pray together, shall we? Our gracious Heavenly Father, we bow our hearts and minds and lives before you. We we perhaps maybe have been in this place. We've maybe been doing the same kinds of things and and trying to steer and deceive and manipulate and, and change things to work out the way that we think they should work out maybe or or maybe even the way we think you think that they should work out God forgive us forgive us for trying to help you do anything we just want to be your servants and listen to your voice and do what you say and, and to live lives that are free from deception and deceit but at the same time, I know that, that our spirits are willing, but our flesh is weak, and, 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 and sometimes we just do stupid things. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive us, Lord. Cleanse us and, and wash us. That we might get up and start a brand new day, and, and, and we might come clean and, and be the people that you've called us to be, people of truth. The enemy is the father of lies and deception. Says that his native language is lies. But Father, we worship you first and foremost as the Almighty Sovereign Creator of the universe, who is Lord forever and ever and ever. And we surrender to that. We, uh, maybe as Isaac did, we, we need to get to that place where we tremble violently at the, at the awesome nature of who you are and the fear of God would be truly a part of who we are, that you are almighty God. And there is none like you, there is no other. Father, I pray you'd bless your people today. Lord, I thank you for this group of family members, really, as we share in this walk and this life. Help us to walk with you and to talk with you and to walk together, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You know, if any of you need to surrender your life to Jesus, today is a good day. Do not let today pass by without you surrendering your life to Jesus Christ. Let's stand and sing together, shall we?